So while you were busy working, our elected members of Congress were sitting on their butt voting on a resolution to condemn, condemn Donald Trump as a racist. I mean, that's what we pay these people to do. Your tax dollars hard at work, sitting around a room voting on why they don't like a freaking tweet. What's up, guys? So a heat wave, an enormous heat wave has rocked D.C. It's 95 degrees here. I'm dying. 95 degrees in the capital today and a million percent humidity. You know, they're threatening blackouts and everything because of it. And they say, I'm told the studio here has air condition. I'm t- they, they're telling me it's not cool. No, it's not cool in the studio, guys. They're telling me it's cool. Okay, I guess. But if I just start pouring sweat, drenched. That's why. I don't have a fever. This city has a fever. Okay, anyway. So they voted to call Trump a racist. Successfully accomplished it. Voted on it. Is your life different? Is my life different? No. Again, so whoop-de-doo. You know, they spend hours and hours on this. They started around 2 p.m., bickered back and forth for five hours, and around 7 p.m., the House resolution passed. I mean, if that's not your tax dollars hard at work, I don't know what is. I mean, for hours, for hours, we were treated to histrionics like this. Every single member of this institution, Democratic and Republican, should join us in condemning the president's racist tweets. To do anything less would be a shocking rejection of our values and a shameful abdication of our oath of office to protect the American people. I urge a unanimous vote and yield back the balance of my I was just going to give the general speaker of the House if she would like to rephrase that comment. I have cleared my remarks with a parliamentarian before I read them. So that that went on for nearly two hours because after that, the House Republicans objected to the fact that Pelosi called the president a racist because you're you're not supposed to disparage a sitting president from the House floor. So then they had to vote on whether her words were acceptable or not. And then there was this whole ordeal, this whole ordeal. What a waste of time. I mean, they think. They think that the Democrats think this is going to win, the, win them the election, this kind of performance. I mean, that's why they're doing it. That's why they've got a whole campaign around it. You know, and the Democrat Party, they do that. And then they send their messengers to the media, to cable news, to the newspapers, to the New York Times, Washington Post, who then fulfills this campaign by repeating the same message, but disguising it as news. So you think you're just getting the news. You're really getting the Democrat Party message. But if you turn on your cable news, what you're getting is an extension of what you just watched on that House floor. The vote in the House tonight was about conscience about taking a stand against the racism of the president of the United States. The vote was 240 to 187 members, 240 to 187 members, passing a resolution condemning President Trump's racist comments directed at four of their own colleagues. Oh, okay. Okay, Don Lemon. And then Chris Cuomo, he tried to offer this outlandish hypothetical to Chris Kobach to push the same narrative that the president is a racist and therefore anyone who supports him is too. Let me ask you, what would you do if the president said, I am a racist? That's why I said it. What would you do? 
then I would then I would not defend him because there's really? no excuse for racism in America. Would, would you still support him really? as president? Um, you have I don't to think know. about it. Really you have question. to think said, about whether said, or not you would support said, a racist. Really? I'd have to know who was running against him. A racist? <laughs> Look, it, uh, an admitted racist, racist you'd have to not, know more? I mean, you're, you're making... Chris, come on, man. Oh, it can't be that to, partisan. Oh, you're, these, are, these are ridiculous hypotheticals because of the it's people running It's ridiculous that it took right you now. that long to answer it. No. You're running for Senate, uh, yeah, it, it, and you've got to take a, a pause whether or he's, not if he said he was a racist, you'd still support him? Come on, brother. No, I hope it's no, a satellite no, no. I'm delay. I'm taking a pause considering your hypothetical. Your hypothetical doesn't even make sense. If the president said he's a racist, would you support him? I mean, come on. If the president said he was a poo-poo head, would you still support him? Like, what? 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 What's with the ridiculous hypothetical? Hey, everybody, it's me, Donald Trump. I'm a racist. Real, that's, that's, that's a real-world scenario you think is going to happen? Chris Cuomo? Idiot. But I don't know. Uh, just to pursue that line of logic for a moment. Say he did. Say he did say, I'm, I'm Donald Trump. I'm a racist. Okay, so who do you support? We've got, we've got a racist on one side versus the Democrats on the other who are also racist. It's just the soft bigotry of low expectations. But with the Democrats, in addition to that, they destroy the economy and they destroy the country. So which one do you support? I'd sit out. I'd sit out. But it's a ridiculous hypothetical. They are trying to paint this false narrative that he's this racist and, you know, they're doing it. It's a whole campaign. It's this whole campaign, and they're digging up old clips of racist things, Donald Trump said. On MSNBS, they are playing clips of him from 1993 to, just to prove he is, in fact, a racist. And, and here he is being who he is um, in 1993. I'll tell you what, if you look, if you look at some of the reservations that you've approved you sir and your great wisdom have approved i will tell you right now uh they don't look like indians to me and they don't look like the indians now maybe we say politically correct or not politically correct they don't look like indians to me and they don't look like indians to indians and a lot of people are laughing at it and you're telling how tough it is how rough it is to get approved well you go up to connecticut and you look now they don't look like indians to me sir so just to give you some perspective in today's news cycle, something that happened yesterday is considered old news. That's why the newspapers are going out of business. But that, so something from 1993 is not exactly news. But that's what was on MSNBS yesterday. That clip from 1993 aired yesterday because this is a campaign. This is a concerted campaign to paint him as a racist. And they are working together. So in that clip, in that clip, he's fighting against planning permission being approved for Native American-owned casinos that would have been in direct competition with his casinos in New Jersey. So he doesn't exactly want it. He doesn't want it. So he's saying, are they, are they even Indians? Because, you know, Indians, they get a special carve-out for casinos that would have unfairly disadvantaged Trump. So he's saying, what can, what can I do to get them to stop? Are they even Indians? But I think, but there's no context to that clip. They just, there's never any context. Just as there's never any context to his tweet about the squad. You know, they isolate the part that sounds rough and unpolished because that way they can make him seem like a really bad guy, a racist. So they take that and they promote that. Oh, he's saying, 
He's saying Indians over and over again. He's saying Indians. He must be a racist because, you know, they're actually called Native Americans. Because they think, they think if they prove Donald Trump is so racist and so awful, then the American public might actually go for one of their awful, lackluster, uninspiring socialist candidates who's bankrupt of any ideas. Maybe if we pick, if we paint him as a racist, they'll actually come to our guys. No, they're not. It's not working. It didn't work in 2016. That's all they did in 2016. Racist, racist, racist. It's all they screamed, and he still won. Because at the end of the day, America knows these comments are not really based around race. And it's, it's definitely, it's not going to help him win. It's not working. It's not helping him win more people over. It's not helping him win more Republicans over. A new poll says this, quote, Support for U.S. President Donald Trump increased, increased, increased slightly among Republicans after he lashed out on Twitter over the weekend in a racially charged attack on four minority Democratic Congresswomen, a Reuters Ipsos public opinion poll shows. Yeah, because you want to know why? You want to know why? Because the American people do not like these members of Congress. And it is not because they're black. It is not because of the color of their skin. It is because they do not love their country. It is because they do not even like their country. And people like it. People like to see the president call it out for what it is. Because that's what they endeared him to the American people in 2016. You know, that was the whole thing. He says what is on his mind. He doesn't have a varnish. He says what the American people are thinking. That was a quality that helped Donald Trump in 2016. They think if they do this, it's going to hurt him. Now it's not. But the American people do not like those members of Congress because those members of Congress think America is immoral and unjust, an awful country. The American people do not like them because they are self-proclaimed socialists. The American people do not like them because they will not condemn communism. The American people do not like them because Ilhan Omar will not condemn Al-Qaeda. They don't like them because Rashida Tlaib gets a, gets a calming sensation. Th that's her word. She gets a calming sensation when she thinks about the Holocaust. It's because Rashida Tlaib has admitted that she herself, she considers herself a Palestinian serving in the halls of Congress. Her Palestinian roots you know, so they're going to say it's about race. They're going to say it's about the color of their skin. You know, it's the same thing they did with Obama. You've got this radical guy. You've got this radical president who is saying all of these preposterous, un-American things. And then when you call him out for it, you're a racist. Again, the president's, I mean, we've said this before. The president's initial tweet made no sense. I mean, they, they often don't. You know, kafefe. Didn't make sense because most of them are from America and they are American by name. Ilhan Omar is not. But to call these women out for their un-American ideology, beliefs, and politics is totally fair game. And now for our next segment, a t-shirt. Yep, that's our next segment, a t-shirt. Now the t-shirt that set the internet on fire. So Trump's Twitter account, believe it or not, is not the only account that can needlessly disrupt the news cycle. We've got all these distractions, all of these distractions. And the latest one was Chris Pratt. He was photographed wearing oh, this shirt. 
Oh no, what is that? Are those stars and stripes I see? Does that say don't tread on me? Yes, it is a mashup of the American flag and the Gatson flag, better known as the don't tread on me flag. Not a big deal. At least I don't think so. If I saw someone wearing that on the streets, I wouldn't be like, oh, what is that? What is that? No, but you've got these morons on Twitter. I mean, let's be real. There will always be morons on Twitter who are upset by everything. Makes no sense, though. I mean, with this oppression, patriarchy, whatever they're saying, I mean, neither of these flags are symbols of that. You know, I, I 100% understand and agree, as you know, that it is an actual scandal you know, when you have these scandals surrounding the flag, you know, I think it's a scandal. I'll tell you what the scandal is. It's when you've got people like Megan Rapino and people like Colin Krapernick kneeling before that flag, kneeling before it and disrespecting it during the national anthem. Wearing it on your shirt is not a scandal. You know, that's not what this is. This is a revolutionary war flag. They are flags of freedom. He's wearing the American flag, flag symbolizing the fight against the triumph over oppression. You know, I don't, have to, I don't have to explain this to you, but someone needs to explain this to Yahoo, who ran this article. Chris Pratt criticized. No, that's not a typo. I thought it was a typo, but it's from Yahoo's UK branch, and you know the English don't know how to spell anything. So you've got Chris Pratt criticized for his t-shirt choice. That's an article? That's an, a news article? What's the point of this? What, what is the point? Which journalist was like, you know what? For today's story, I'm going to write about Chris Pratt's American Gatson flag t-shirt. Needs to be fired. What, what's the point of this? Is, is there, it's news. It's news, guys, that a guy casually wore a t-shirt. That's news. Is it really news that a few people typed something negative about it? They didn't like it. I mean, here's the real problem. Here's the real, this is a, a bigger problem than just the t-shirt because it goes way beyond this guy's choice of attire. The big problem is you've got journalists who think that Twitter is the real world. Journalists who spend way too much time on Twitter and they truly think it is representative of the American people and what they believe. I mean, it happens all the time. Way too often, our entire news cycle is dictated by things that angry keyboard warriors, anonymous trolls are bitching about on the stupid website known as Twitter. You know, media people, they spend a lot of time on Twitter because it makes them feel important. It makes them feel needed. It feeds their egos. And they like to see the likes and retweets in their little bubbles of information and the little information. They live in bubbles. They're in information bubbles. And, you know, we're all prey to it. You know, I, 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 I like getting retweets. Everyone does. It's, it's dopamine. It's human nature. But you have to step back and put it into perspective because too many people think of the likes that they get and the retweets that they get as the likes and interests of the entire country. And it is just not. So they write stupid articles like this one that no one actually cares about off Twitter. And in fact, in fact, hardly anyone actually cares about it on Twitter. It's another example of something where there isn't really that much frustration over beyond the few tweets featured in that Yahoo article. But you know, the headline, it gets picked up. It spreads outside of those tiny bitter bubbles of that toxic waste dump of a site known as Twitter. And it gets picked up by the local news and the cable news. Oh, well, Chris Pratt criticized for his choice of t-shirt today. Lots of people are very offended by the American flag. 
You know we're screwed as a country when people are offended by the American flag, but not that. People are upset about this because, you know, they don't actually do the research. They don't do the research beyond the headline, and that gets reactions from a bunch of other websites. And then all you know, all of a sudden you know it's this big scandal, it's this big story, when it's all artificial. There is this artificial sense of outrage over one guy's t-shirt or an outrage over another guy's t-shirt. None of it is real. None of it is laziness. It is lazy journalists scrolling through Twitter looking for easy things they can churn out quickly with little to no effort, and it makes all of us dumber for it. It makes us more skeptical of one another. It's a lowbrow debate about a t-shirt that almost no one was actually upset about from the start. So we, should we really allow our national discourse to be hijacked by tweets? Of course not. Let's start being more skeptical of the outlets that thrive on manufactured outrage just to generate ad revenue. So don't go anywhere. We've got another fire segment coming up right now. All right. Why is Ann Coulter tweeting out in support of Ilhan Omar? Because she's nuts? Because she's lost her mind? No, Ann's looking out for the American people. You know, Ann is is mommy tough love. But she tweets, wow, 140 Republicans voted to sell out the American worker with the H.R. 1044, removing country caps for cheap foreign labor, while Ilhan and Rashida voted for the American worker among only eight Democrats. I mean, this is incredible. America last, 1044. Our politicians, Republicans and Democrats are selling out the American people. They are selling out the American worker. And to discuss that with us is Steve Strange. He is the CEO of The Scoop. He's been following this closely. Steve, it's good to have you. Thanks for having me on. So uh, I thought you were like an anonymous internet troll right. for the longest time. I followed you on Instagram. Yep. And I was like, who the, who, the, who the hell is this guy? Sorry. I'm moving my mic over because I'm now yeah. talking to you. All right, so I saw you on Instagram. I was like, who is this guy? A lot of what you post, I'm like, I can't, I can't get behind this. Yeah. But on this, you've been good, and on this, you've, uh, you've, you've, you've been following it closely. So yep. what exactly did our members of Congress vote on, and how does it screw the American worker? So they voted for a bill that's going to lower the threshold caps of legal immigrants of high-skilled jobs, particularly India and China. The most countries have a cap, or all countries have a cap before this, of 7% of total visas can't come from any, more, any single country. Well, this lowers it to there's unlimited immigration. China and India both have populations of over a billion people, very high-skilled laborers, engineers, and investors. They have backlogs of millions and millions. This effectively is going to make all legal immigrants for high-skilled jobs come from India and China and displace American workers that have high-skilled jobs like engineering. They're not going to be able to get jobs because these people work for a lot cheaper than American workers. You go to college degree now, study engineering, you're not going to have a job because they'll do it for much cheaper. And that's not fair to American workers. Right. So it eliminates the 7% cap yep. on green cards yep. from one country. And then I think it raises family-sponsored. 15%. Green cards. It used to be 7 right? And they yep. raised it to 15%. Yep. So how many hundreds of thousands of people are going to be basically imported? In? There, there's millions in the backlog from the data I've seen. And I've saw charts that for the next 10, 15 years, all legal immigration for high-skilled jobs will be China and India, like 100%, because they have all the backlogs. So. And 140 Republicans yep. voted, in this, yep. voted for this. Dan Crenshaw was one of the guys mm -hmm. who voted for this. Dan Crenshaw, I mean, the guy is a war hero. He, he's a badass, but... On issues like this, he screws up. He screwed up on this one. Uh, he's screwing up on big tech. He doesn't want to do anything about big tech. Yep. 
Um, he he wants to. He says, you know, let the market work itself out. You can't let the market work itself out when there are three companies controlling the flow of information, basically. And when they're lobbying the government to benefit themselves. And the irony is Dan Crenshaw spoke at Trump's White House social media summit, was one yeah. of the featured speakers there, rallying against censorship. And the next day or so votes to do the bidding of big tech who hates Republicans, who hates leftists. The irony is these people you voted to support don't like anything you're doing, and they're going to use their power and influence to destroy the Republican Party. So what, what are you doing, Dan Crenshaw? And the other thing with Dan Crenshaw is the immigration thing. Yep. Because he is, I mean, there's this which he voted for. And then, you know, I'm getting so tired of all of the people who are saying, oh, we don't like illegal immigration, but we love legal immigration. We love it. They love legal <laughs> as much legal immigration yes. as possible. Uh, legal immigration, like this kind of immigration, is problematic as well. Yes, it is because everyone's against uh, legal immigration for low-skilled workers. We don't want people driving on the cost of low-skilled labor, sure. But even high-skilled labor now, American citizens are going to go to college, want to be a doctor, be a lawyer, high-value jobs. You can't even get a good job with those anymore because they're going to import somebody cheaper to do that. So it just drives on the cost of American wages at a global marketplace. I mean, look at the libertarians always say supply and demand curve. When you increase the supply of global labor, you're going to drive the price down and hurt American workers' salaries. Yeah. And, and at, at a certain point, you have to wonder, is America first for how many politicians? I yeah. mean, the immigration thing, I'm waiting for the president to, to I'm still waiting for him to shut down the border. Yep. Um, but you say... Give it's up. Not, it's not going to happen. You say give up. And we have a clip of you <laughs> yep. saying give up. The whites are having less kids. There's essentially zero white immigration. The whites are going to lose the majority state of this country in 23 years, inevitably. Like, it's just, it's just, let's move on to something else now. Like, that's going to happen. And we need to figure out how to blend the multicultural society. So, Coulter, I think, came after you about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't. I, I completely but, disagree with you. But on that. she. It's funny because she came after me. But most of what she says is the same stuff I say. Right. She has the same. No, you have the exact same. It's just the tactic after you say because of this, uh, it's done for. Well, me. I said this about two months ago, probably three months ago, maybe. And then this bill comes out and passes it, proving me right that Republicans aren't doing anything about immigration because as long as it's legal, Dan Crenshaw. Yeah, said, but just because they're not doing something about it doesn't mean they shouldn't, right? No, not at all. I'm not saying that they sh I, I support restricting legal immigration as well. I'm just saying I personally believe it's not going to be solved. It's impossible. Not even Trump could solve it. Dan Crenshaw, Mr. America First, Dan Crenshaw is voting to increase legal immigration. And if you look at the data, it says that Repu the Republican Party's dying. Gen Z, they always say it's the most conservative generation of all time, is 70% Democrat. The, 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 we're not going to solve this problem, so I just feel like we can move on to something else like censorship, something else we can maybe actually solve, because the immigration crisis shows they don't want to solve this. Let's stop wasting our time pretending they're going to solve it. That was my point. All right, so for you, I mean, is this about, uh, let, I'll, I'll take two things. First, yeah. if we completely just give up, what is there, what, what do we have left? Because if we lose the immigration fight, if we lose the immigration battle, what other, we lose the country. So what, is, what else is there to do? I agree, but the Republican Party has been so sold on this meme that all legal immigration is good. And when I posted things about Dan Crenshaw criticizing him about it, I was attacked by 99% of my followers. The, the idea that you can convince this massive Republican base that maybe we need to restrict some legal immigration, it seems impossible to me. I got so much hate for criticizing that maybe not all legal immigration is good. Look at like Minnesota. They just passed a bill in some city that they're no longer gonna say the Pledge of Allegiance because it offended Somalian legal immigrants. Right, right. So, I mean, if, yeah, I, if, you're, <laughs> if, I mean, if you're here and you are not assimilated, right. 
that's just as bad. And our country doesn't put pressure on assimilation. No, we I don't think there's any plan to do that. I don't see how you're going to make that happen. So there is no more assimilation. With welfare, you don't even need to assimilate. You can just make money. They print every document in 500 languages now. There's no incentive to assimilate, so it's not going to happen. So I don't see what we could do. I'm just... I feel I, I think I think it starts with the border. I mean, first of all, because you, you were talking about skin, white, white skin, right. white races, you know, is basically doomed. I think it's more about culture. And if you assimilate people, right. you do have the ability to get more people to understand the American values, understand our Constitution, actually love our Constitution, understand what makes the country great and basically have uh, Christian Protestant. I mean, the, most of the country was founded by Protestants. There's yep. a reason why, you know, North America is what it is. And then Latin America, yep. you know, from Spain. Yep. Um, the Catholic, Catholic. Right. We're, we're, exactly. Yep. There's a reason for that. So I think you have to understand and have to be. But we're not importing right. any Christians. Right. Exactly. People coming legally right. from India or China by the millions are either atheists or Hindus or whatever, which is fine. I don't discriminate on religion, but they're not going to assimilate as well as Christian people would, obviously. That, that, and that's what our country was founded on. Yep. That's what made the country amazing. So I think you can. I think it starts at the border. I think you have to shut the border down. Mm -hmm. I, I'm waiting for the president. Again, I think, I think we agree a lot on yeah. what you would need to do. What is the steps yeah. to do this? And you're just pessimistic just that they're going to do it. I'm pessimistic that it could ever possibly be done. I, I, well, there's no be, data to I'll show tell you how it's going to be done. Shut the border down. Don't let anybody else in. No asylum, nothing. Yep. Shut it down because we have to figure. I mean, that's the first thing to do so when your tub is overflowing. You shut it off. So shut down all immigration for now. Figure out who is here. Completely, you know, they, they put out the plan. The White House put out the plan to how they're going to fix the legal immigration system. It was actually not a bad plan. Didn't reduce um, they the didn't reduce the numbers, though. though. Right. Didn't reduce the numbers. Right. Um, those people aren't going to vote Republican. Right. So over time, you're just going to outvote the Republican Party. You're voting in your own demise. Yeah. I mean, the data shows that. Yeah. Most immigrants are not tend to be Republican, and their kids and their kids and their ancestors. So. So they, they, but they have to do that after they close the border. Right. And I think the president knows that he's screwed for 2020 if no progress is made on the border. Big He's time. screwed. Big so time. that's what's going to drive him to actually, at a certain point, shut it down. Because when they realize, oh, the voters are noticing that our border is still open, and <laughs> the illegal immigration numbers Record are worse than arrest. they've ever been. Record high arrest. Hundreds of thousands a yeah. month. It's, it's, <laughs> a, it's a disaster. It's a crisis. Right. And this is the toughest anti-immigration rhetoric president ever, and we're having this. That's why I'm so discouraged of like, even under Trump, it's record high anti-illegal immigration, I mean. I mean, what am I supposed to think? So yeah, and you've got, well, you've got Jared in there, yep. who, you know, he was in charge of that immigration plan. Yep. He understands though, he understands campaigning and he understands that it's an important issue for the voters. And so I don't think he's gonna cuck out when it comes time to, to, to campaign for 2020. At least I, I, at least we'll I hope I'm right. I mean, Ivanka, who knows how much influence she has on the president, but she's not a conservative by any, by any means. No. And Daddy Trump listens to her about a lot of things. Right, right. So, I mean, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just not very hopeful <laughs> about it. And people said that I was pro-immigration. Oh, pro-immigration Steve. No, you're not listening to me. I'm very, very anti-immigration for most aspects of it. But I just feel like, I mean, Ronald Reagan gave amnesty. George Bush did nothing to stop the problem. Republicans don't care about this. They pay lip service to it. Democrats are openly open borders. So you have a party that's open borders. It's no, I think I think people thought you were right. I think it's that you had a defeatist attitude, which people conceived. But it wasn't even defeatist. It, it was, I want to actually get things done. 
And this issue to me is not getting done. We just bitch. We sorry. We just talk about it a lot. No, you can say you can say okay. bitch as a verb. We've learned okay. That. I can say that. <laughs> we just bitch about it and complain about it. And then other things we could actually probably get done, like going after big tech censorship. We can probably rally a majority of Americans to support that. We spend so much time talking about immigration, which we don't solve, and then nothing gets done. I wanted to at least get something done. Right now, nothing is getting done in this country with President Trump or anybody, other than helping out big corporations get more cheap labor. We're doing that. We're getting that done. So, no, I, th- I, I, I can't. I can't find fault in that part of your argument. Yeah. it's the cure. It's the you have the diagnosis right. It's just the solution. And I think, uh, other than that, we yeah. definitely agree. Yeah, Steve, I mean. you make a lot of sense when you're not eating <laughs> eggs and uh, and posting weird memes. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for coming. I appreciate it. Thanks. All right, guys. Steve Strange. He's with thescoop.us. And uh, you have a podcast as well. A reminder to everyone, I'd really appreciate it if you'd please rate, review, and subscribe to the White House Brief podcast. It will make sure the truth rises above all the other stuff out there. So please rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks for listening.